Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I'm the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. You can find all of my written work there. Quipster.net is where to go, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. I also want to remind you that I do a film review podcast that covers films of the 1980s. Of course, if you know the film I'm going to be reviewing, which is The Predator, it originally started as a film of the 1980s and its franchise back in 1987. So check out Around the World in 80s Movies. Just do a search for it wherever you're listening to this right now and you'll find it. You can also find a link to it on my website that I mentioned earlier. Today we're going to be looking at, as I mentioned, The Predator. It's a 2018 film. It's, I guess, the fourth film technically in the franchise. The sixth film, if you count the Alien vs. Predator movies. It's an R-rated entry. It has strong bloody violence, language throughout, and crude sexual references. The runtime is an hour and 47 minutes. The main star is Boyd Holbrook, and it has supporting roles for Olivia Munn, Trevante Rhodes, Jacob Tremblay, Keegan-Michael Key, Thomas Jane, Alfie Allen, Sterling K. Brown, and a few others. Shane Black is the director, and he also co-writes the screenplay along with Fred Decker. Now, The Predator starts off with a spaceship that has crash-landed in a forest somewhere in Mexico. It results in a man named Quinn McKenna, who is this highly skilled sniper from the U.S. Army who happens to be in the area on a hostage rescue mission. He's played by Boyd Holbrook. He diverts his course in order to investigate the spaceship for some intel. What he finds there is equipment of alien origin, and then he sends that equipment back to a post office box in Texas, where he's from. But without the actual evidence in his possession, no one in the army or anywhere else is going to readily believe him as far as what he found there. And it results in him being sent off for rehabilitation by the military. The rehab group that he's in consists of a ragtag bunch of disgraced ex-military types. And while all that's going on, McKenna's package ends up getting received by his autistic and highly intelligent son named Rory, played by Jacob Tremblay. Rory opens it up to discover that the alien armor within activates in a very big way when he puts it on. Meanwhile, the crew at Project Stargazer commissions their specialist in exotic biology, a woman named Casey Brackett, to check out the DNA of the captured alien that they found, whereupon they discover that it's some sort of alien-human hybrid. And However, everybody involved ends up getting into jeopardy when the Predator makes his escape from their inadequate bounds at the lab. There's more to the story than that, but not, not a lot more, I would say. But uh, 1987's Predator, one of my favorite films of the 1980s, that was a solid sci-fi action horror hybrid. It's a beloved genre favorite among many who saw it at the time. It's held up in popularity ever since. It's a movie you can watch today and still enjoy it just as much as you did back in the late 1980s. Unfortunately, all attempts at following up this film have met with lackluster results. If you go by the sequels and the spin-offs, you have the weakly conceived direct sequel in 1990 called Predator 2. Those spin-offs, Alien vs. Predator films, are pretty much Z-grade material. And there was this sorry excuse to return again in 2010 with the film called Predators. 2018's Predator, if you look at the cast and the crew here, it's kind of a promising attempt to restart this franchise that could have been. It puts fun film favorite Shane Black at the helm. He actually appeared in the original film as one of the cast. He's now in the director's chair. He also co-wrote the screenplay. And despite his credentials over the years, you have Iron Man 3, The Nice Guys, and a slew of other very well-respected action screenplays, he emerges here with a movie that's too unfocused to properly follow, and it culminates in a film that lacks even a tenth of the suspense and the drama and the intrigue and the action and the fun of the original Predator. 
Now, perhaps the biggest saving grace for some people who are watching this, even though it's a big step down from the first film, is that it has a gleeful absurdity to it. It's so absurd that those people who actually like films because they're bad, bad movie lovers, are likely going to embrace it for being really odd, both in its dialogue as well as its characterizations. Now, there are some funny moments in between the rudimentary and sometimes incoherent plotting to make this lackluster storyline occasionally engaging for viewers who might otherwise have checked out of the characters if they weren't doing anything or saying anything amusing. Now that said, if you don't find the humor to your liking, and that's really kind of the chance you're going to take, you're going to be in for a very long endurance test and possibly even find the film insufferable because the storyline veers into elements that are grotesque and distasteful as it goes along. And it runs this very snarky tone along the way that you might find it rubs you the wrong way for all the wrong reasons. Now, the casting is not particularly strong here as compared to especially the 1987 film. Boyd Holbrook, he's a likable enough actor, but he's such a far cry from the formidable presence of Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I would argue he's the most instantly forgettable of any of the leads for any of the Predator films to date. Now, Olivia Munn, she gives it her all in support, but her all is still a bit limited. She doesn't really have enough to make her character at all interesting, even though she's decent at bantering with the mostly all-male cast of the rest of the film. Uh, most of the energy does come in watching the supporting characters in Group 2, which is the rehab group that Quinn ends up becoming a part of. Keegan-Michael Key, Thomas Jane, Fervante Rhodes, and the other actors there. They all interact, they banter, as I said, but their screen time is a little bit too limited for them to elevate the movie by carrying the load on their shoulders all of the way. And the acting all around, I wouldn't say it's terribly noteworthy. I do think it's doubtful that Shane Black cared that much about the performances in this film because he's straddling the line between a modern-day comic book caliber action film and a lot of 1980s B-movie embracing here. All of the characters feel entirely disposable to the point where we really don't have any vested interest in who lives and who dies when it gets to the point where they begin to expire in often gruesome fashion. In summation, I would say The Predator, it delivers a modicum of expected goods. You have action sequences, to effects work, to a motley crew of badasses who get picked off one by one. All of the elements here that you're expecting are here. And it does manage to stay above water at least most of the way throughout the film, even if it's in a low-grade fashion. But I will say that the third act of The Predator is a complete mess, and it ends up sinking the film under the weight of way too many bad ideas and a lot of terrible optics to have to justify your time and money spent. Shane Black here is delivering a lot of meta moments that may please some of the more hardcore fans of the series thus far, who probably aren't really expecting much given the pretty weak efforts to try to follow up 1987's Predator so far. You have a lot of silly moments to show that we're not at all supposed to take what we're seeing on the screen as anything to take seriously, and yet that becomes part of the problem because John McTiernan's original, it actually succeeded in being both fun and it actually was gripping in its confrontations. You could take it as a fun film, but also a very serious film in its moments where there is a conflict. Whereas Shane Black's take ends up jettisoning the suspense and the dynamic mano a mano battles for upping the ante on ludicrousness. He really puts all of his chips on just trying to make it a fun and absolutely goofy good time. And I would say for most viewers who are looking for something more than that, you're going to find very paltry results. Now, I would say the litmus test here, if the only thing that you end up praising at the end of any Predator film is that it has nice banter, I would say something is definitely amiss because it comes across more like a variation on Suicide Squad in that way than it does an attempt to continue the tradition 
of the 1987 action classic. So I'm very disappointed in The Predator. It, it did have some moments where it made me chuckle here and there. I didn't really hate any of the cast. However, I don't think that it aimed very high and I really wanted to see a return to form. It just seems very lazy. Shane Black has done so much better and that's another disappointment. So I'm gonna give The Predator two stars out of four. Two stars on my scale means that I do think it's lacking something vital that would keep it from being a movie that I could recommend wholeheartedly to most people. And that thing that it's lacking really is the kind of intelligence that I would expect from Black and a sense of any kind of gravitas whatsoever. I think the original film, if you're looking at it for a blueprint as to how to do a Predator film right, I think Shane Black here learned all of the wrong lessons. He has it in form, just not in delivery. And that relegates The Predator to a two-star film. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the review. If you did, I do encourage you to click the subscribe button if you haven't done so already. I'll probably end up reviewing the original Predator film from 1987 on my other podcast around the world in these movies sometime in the relatively near future. Until next time, please enjoy your time anytime you get to go to the movies. <laughs>